Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippy is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. The place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. I am Brian Scott Ricky. This is another edition of Fresh Cuts. On the other end of the line, as always, Greg, the meat sharp. We're going to get into the board. We're going to get into the last week. You know the drill on this show. What's happening, dude? Oh, man, uh, getting ready for uh, holiday season and cutting beef tenderloins and uh, taking orders for standing rib roast and beef tenderloins. So, you know, it's, uh, it's that time of the year, uh, as always. So, uh, you know. Just the just your standard uh, basic uh, day at LBs right now. Yeah. So does the what did, for you guys? Obviously, y'all did you did some turkeys at Thanksgiving. What's like popular Christmas wise? Like what did, what are people snagging? You know, I never thought about it as Christmas food, but I had one of you got uh, one of y'all sausages on that golf trip I went on in the summer, and I was like, why would you not put this out as like an appetizer or something for like family holiday gathering? Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Um, we we just made a couple new sausages with uh, Jardinier. I don't know if you know what Jardinier is. It's uh, that what's uh, put on Italian beef sandwiches. So it's kind of like a uh, kind of a jalapeno like pickled. But we put uh, did a uh, spicy lamb with Jardinier. We did a uh, pineapple with Jardinier. So it's kind of a sweet and spicy um, sausage. So, but yeah, you're right, man. Uh, you can't go wrong with you know smoking a couple sausages and slicing them up and putting them on a plate out there and with some cheese and crackers and uh can't go wrong with that at all so yeah that's a good uh good holiday uh treat i would think um but yeah mostly standing rib roast uh beef tenderloins you know stuff like that is uh kind of what comes around new year's and christmas time i'm also a big ham guy and i know that's not necessarily y'all's realm of expertise but my we had a smaller thanksgiving gathering because of covid and obviously some of the older members of of my family could not attend just kind of out of safety or whatever. But my mom made just the egregious decision. 
to not have any ham at Thanksgiving. She went all turkey. And I'm someone that likes ham better than turkey. So uh, I acted like a child. And I basically just insinuated that there may be violence if there's no ham at Christmas. So right. We'll see, see how I'm that with, goes. I, I'm, in, I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I just I like ham over turkey. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like the dark meat on the turkey. But, you know, that's not the traditional you know whatnot of thanksgiving but no i'm a uh i'm a ham uh, man all the way you know i'm a big ham fan but uh i agree with you that's uh that's ridiculous i would protest yeah i mean i don't i don't dislike turkey i just i i just i'm, I'm a ham guy i yeah. I, I i am through and through i don't know why i, mean, I just uh, like for it some reason like it, it goes perfect on my plate like a piece of ham right next to the sweet potato casserole like it just that like the ham and the sweet potato casserole gets kind of like eaten together for some strange reason. It's just like the best combo. No kidding, dude. So I will, uh, I'll keep all the listeners that I'm sure are very, uh, very interested in whether there's ham at the Rippy house. And if there's not, I'm going to be cranky on the next podcast. Speaking of cranky last week did not go well for either one of us. As far as the board is concerned, if you listen to last week's episode, we both feared this. We didn't want to admit it. We just we go through life with brazen confidence that we're going to make money every week. But two weeks ago, we both had an outstanding week. I had like the best one I've had since we've been doing this. We kind of knew probably what we were in store for, and we struggled last week. We both went one and four on our locks. I totaled seven. We were two and three in the SEC games. I was seven and twelve overall. You were six and thirteen. We uh. We didn't do so hot, but at the same time, we were on the wrong end of a couple of pretty brutal, pretty brutal beats that would have gotten us to around 500. One of them, obviously, that sticks out the the disgustingness that was the Monday night football game ending. Uh, you saw that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Typical. You know, uh, Marty the Moose, he makes a living on uh, in Vegas and he uh, has his own private jet and gets to go to all these games and uh whenever you see the moose show up uh there's uh there's there's fish there's blood in the water so uh you know it's just it's so funny because you think of the scenarios in your head like all right how are they gonna uh, uh, how's this guy and the next thing you know it happens you're like oh my god it's rigged there's there's something going on there's something going on yeah so for those of you that maybe didn't see i don't know how if you're interested in this podcast i don't know how you did it but we, i'll run through it just for formality's sake cleveland browns we had them at plus three some people had them at 3.5 uh which would, would make it even worse but we had them uh at three and they're down three after justin tucker kicks a 55 yard field goal or something in the 50s to give the uh the ravens a three-point lead with a couple of seconds left. It should have been the last play of the game. Lamar Jackson spiked the ball too early and left time on the clock, which ended up screwing us. The Browns run the schoolyard BS play, basically, for the lack of a better phrase. Um, on the kickoff, some guy decides to chuck it in the back of the end zone instead of, I don't know, to a teammate. And the safety happens, and your uh, plus three is no longer a push. You can rip that ticket up. So that was uh, that was what happened with that one. And then really the only other one that we kind of got jobbed on, it wasn't necessarily a bad beat. It was a slow, agonizing defeat. Dan Bailey, the kicker for the Minnesota Vikings, was just an absolute atrocity against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We had, we both had Vikings plus 6.5. They lose the game by nine, and Bailey missed four field goals. 
Not great, Greg. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, uh, hope hope Dan Belly uh, doesn't listen to our podcast or whatnot. Jeez, man, that's awful. Uh, I think I saw a picture of uh, it was uh, I don't know, it was Madden, and they were lining up to kick, and it was like far over to the left, and it was like Dan Bailey lining up for field goals. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. That was uh, that, that was bad. He's he's had that a couple weeks in a row. We talked about last on last week's podcast him missing it, the funny one of the funnier moments of the NFL season this year. Him missing the uh, game winning field goal against the Jaguars that sent the game into overtime, and then the the Vikings drove the football all the way down to the two yard line in overtime when all they needed was a field goal to end the game and they just didn't trust him. And then he kicks the equivalent of a college extra point and no, no one even really went to go congratulate him. They're just like, great. Glad this is over. So Dan Bailey, uh, not, not friendly on either you or I's pocketbooks. Yeah, I'm trying to he's just def- take- definitely not getting a Christmas card this year for sure. No, Dan Bailey. And if you're listening to this podcast, you can just stop right now. You're no longer welcome here. Um, that really, I think was about it. There wasn't really any other, other atrocities that I, uh, that I can look at. Just yeah, we were, he- we were, we were, we were heavy on the, uh, the Houston Texans and, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, showed up and just, uh, and, and annihilated us. Yeah, he did, dude. And like the 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 Texans turned it over a bunch, and like like I honestly that may have been the game I was most confident in going into the day. I just figured Houston playing well, Deshaun Watson really playing at an MVP level. His team's just not good enough. Um, I thought they would go and annihilate the Bears, and that didn't happen. That we were really wrong on that one, and we were obviously wrong on LSU Florida. We both took Woo. Florida with really out much discussion. And that was one of the more inexplicable results of the season. I think that was really about it on the shockers uh, standpoint, I think. And I am just now realizing that I, we are both, we have both had one more loss. We took the green Bay Packers and they didn't cover. I had that one covered up on my notes. So add one more loss to our record. The hits keep on coming. That was a, uh, that was a tough, well, tough that's, defeat. That, that, that's why it's called uh, a new a new day. So we just uh, throw those sheets away, and uh, we'll get that money back this weekend. Yeah. So we're got to get back on the horse this week. We've obviously got a full full NFL slate week fifteen in the National Football League, and then one final full SEC slate. You've of course got the SEC title game, and then I think at least three other games outside of it, including Ole Miss returning to action for the first time in three weeks going down to Baton Rouge for the season finale. So before we get into that, what kind of specials we got going on at the store? Uh, I've got, uh, you know, we do the clipboard special, which is the Sunday special and it's $2 off on lane trains. Uh, you know, made a couple of those new sausages with that hot jardin there and, uh, just kind of basically, uh, just, uh, uh, basics, you know, beef tenderloins, lane trains, Standing rib roast, and uh, you know, like you were saying, sausage goes really great uh, as a little small appetizer. If you want to get in, we've got plenty of sausages, some uh, lamb sausage, chicken sausage, pork sausage. So, um, yeah, I'd probably shoot for the, the sausage route. You know, uh, it's a it's a very uh, you know easy thing to cook. You can put it in the oven 350 for about 25 minutes, or you can put them on the grill. You know, so. Um, I, that's a good call on the sausage route for uh, a holiday uh, appetizer. You know, if you're going to a party. 
Check him out. LB's University Avenue across the from Kroger. You know the drill at this point. Let's roll into the LB's board. We've got three SEC games plus the SEC championship game that we will get into this weekend. The first one we're going to go with is Texas A&M is traveling to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. So you basically, if you're looking for a time slot, I know I'm usually pretty bad about telling the listeners like what time these games are. It's because I use a website that doesn't go, uh, is not in chronological order. But this week's pretty easy. You've got an 11 a.m. game. You've got two at 2.30. And then if you got, you've got the title game at night, which I believe is 7 o'clock. So that's, uh, that's kind of what the time slot looks like. We'll start with the 11 a.m. game. Texas A&M traveling to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Tennessee is getting 14 in this game, which is right about probably where I get would have guessed this game would have ended up, but it doesn't make me confident in either side. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, uh, Texas A&M is going to have to uh, look pretty here and, you know, hope for Ohio State blunder, but uh, I don't see Ohio State slipping up. But I know a lot of people are going to be tuned into that Ohio State game, especially a bunch of Texas A&M fans, but – um, you know, Tennessee is a hot disaster. I mean, the only time you're not they're not a disaster is when they're playing terrible teams. And uh, obviously last week uh, against Vanderbilt, a terrible team. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I see Texas A&M trying to um, do a pretty win, you know, for the resume that's not going to, you know, end up working out in their advantage. But um, I would uh, I would go with Texas A&M here. I, uh, I, I, I see some points being laid on them and, uh, you know, a pretty big win for, for the uh, resume for, for the playoffs. I, uh, I'm with you on that one 100%. I think it's style point season for Texas A&M, particularly after Florida pretty much screwed their chances at the playoff last week by losing in that inexplicable fashion to, to LSU. And uh, shout out to Dan Mullen for calling the shoe throw a football act. Uh, that was a spin zone of the century. I don't know if you caught that. He said oh, yeah. the day after, after reviewing the tape, the guy, take, Marco Wilson, taking the LSU defender's shoe off and chucking it 20 yards down the field was a uh, was a football move not intended to taunt. So there you have it. You heard it from the man himself. I, I don't know what, what else to do with that one. Anyway, <laughs> this is uh, – but, yeah, I think A&M's got an opportunity here. I think they need to leave a lasting impression because – they're like I guess it's 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 weird because it's not a normal year where since they're shut out of the SEC championship game they would be sitting idle while the championship game's going on. They're playing the same week, but I think they need to make a lasting statement. So I'm going A and M minus fourteen here. And you know if you really don't believe in the style points logic, I don't think Tennessee's very good. Like I yeah, think it's just sure. kind of that simple. Obviously, for sure. So we're both going A&M on that one. I'm writing these down as we go, so I don't have to go back and listen to us like last time. And then the next one we have Ole Miss and LSU. Boy, has this line swung. So LSU opened up as a two-point favorite, I think, on some sites. Ole Miss has two opt-outs in Kenny Yaboa and Elijah Moore, both moving on to prepare for the NFL draft. Kiffin had a press conference earlier today where he just kind of uh, – he also mentioned that they had a couple of minor nagging injuries. Whatever, they're moving on. But now on at the side I'm looking at, Ole Miss is now a one-point favorite over LSU. I'd I, I, I make that make sense. I'm not saying Ole Miss shouldn't be favored over LSU, but how does that move further in Ole Miss's favor after its top two pass catchers go out? I don't what, – what's up here? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, obviously I think the over would be is going to be probably the best play, but uh, I'll start out with, uh, you know, shame on anybody that made a comment of 
they're quitters and they weren't doing the right. I mean, you know, these, these kids work really hard. And, you know, Kenny Yaboa, I don't think, was an NFL draft uh, – I mean, draft pick before he showed up in Oxford. That might be just my personal opinion, but he might have been on the board. But he really established himself, you know, to be on anybody's NFL board uh, for that season he did. And plus, um, you know, Elijah Moore is just, you know, man – What's there not to say? I mean, who, who wouldn't pull the trigger on, you know, an athlete like that on their team? So, anyway, shame on anybody that, you know, blames, you know, blames them for not playing the last game. So, <laughs> with that being said, I think Ole Miss is just, uh, regardless if it's a three-week call, you know, off, it might have hurt them a little bit, but it also helped them as far as getting healthy and everything like that. So, the offense is clicking. You know, LSU, you know, had a really good – emotional win at florida and you know that kind of probably takes a lot out of the team and maybe they treat the magnolia bowl as their only bowl this year so uh i think it's going to be a really good game but i think Ole miss uh will have you know at least to have the ball last and uh be up a touchdown so i'm gonna go with Ole miss here yeah i i'm kind of with you in that in that line of thinking i just don't know what to do with this game like at the last or i, I should say i don't know what to do with last week's result like I that LSU game made no sense they got out gamed by 200 yards now granted what they had a pick six and turned Florida over deep in LSU territory twice so you have to give them credit for that it's not like they were just worked up and down the field but I, I just I don't know what to make of that result like it's their third string quarterback Brad Johnson they're not at full even anywhere close to full strength it makes no sense like I, I so I guess I'll just put that aside and I'll call it a fluke Oh, what does Ole Miss look like without more in Yaboa? I don't really know. Is it the yeah. John Rice Plumley show in the slot? Can we unlock that this week? Do you just use a lot of more of Mingo and Drummond? Like, not having Elijah Moore is huge. He's the centerpiece of Ole Miss's offense. I imagine you'll see a ton more of Jerry Ely. I, I but I don't know what they're going to look like. So I'll go Ole Miss just because I think Ole Miss is a better football team as currently constructed, even without more in Yaboa. So I'll go Ole Miss minus one. Uh, and then I, too, on the latter half of that, I, too, I fell into the trap of uh, of interacting with people on the Internet, which is generally just a terrible idea yesterday oh, yeah. uh, regarding Moore and Yaboa uh, opting out or whatever you want to call it. I don't think the majority of like, – I think most rational people think that way or don't think that way, I should say. Just the internet yeah, no camouflages – yeah, yeah, the there, internet camouflages no the all rationality. Yeah, like, I mean, of course, every Ole Miss fan's like, man, we, I mean, this is our opportunity to, to really hammer LSU. And, you know, and then all of a sudden they get the news of, you know, Moore and uh, Yaboa not playing. They're like, oh, man, now, now, you know, it's, man, nobody's ever right and nobody's ever wrong. So, I mean, it's just uh, when you go on Twitter, uh, you know, what's being said is, uh, you know, is law in, in, in history for sure. I just I, I I I responded to a couple of the boomer like quitter crowd, which there's not. I don't think there's very many of them. Like I guess my point was is like I don't know. I think most people uh, obviously would say thank you a ton to Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa for their services and be happy to see them go get paid. But I just I find the headspace of you're quitting on your team uh, to be just wild because I would quit pretty much anything I was doing in life to preserve a seven or eight figure paycheck and everyone out there listening would too. And if you're yeah, not, I mean, you're that's, lying. A life, that's a life changer. I mean, that, regardless of uh, what contract you sign, I mean, you know, that's, that's a life changer for some people. Yeah. And not only, yeah. Like not only that, it's, it's like the, the, 
the guy the guy complaining about that is also the guy calling kids quitters for opting out before the season. So you're going to now these two guys have gone through this hellish pandemic season and decide not to play one final game in an empty stadium to preserve, you know, eight, nine figures of wealth. And you're mad about that. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, like I said, you're never right. You're never wrong, you know, and you can't be in the middle. So it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's hard to uh, dispute anybody on Twitter just because you're never right and you're never wrong. So, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to say, you know, congratulations to both of them. You know, they had two wonderful seasons. You know, I'm, I'm glad they played, you know, for Ole Miss and, uh, and they'll, you know, play playing on Sunday. And, you know, that's just uh, two more, you know, players that went to Ole Miss that are, are now in the NFL. So, uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I think that, you know, it's a wise decision. I think they made the right decision, you know, but, um, you know, you just can't, uh, you know, uh, play one game with an empty stadium, you know, when there's so much on the line, regardless of your, the team you're playing for or against, you know, it's yourself that you have to look out for. Absolutely. So I don't really know what this game's going to look like. Ole Miss hasn't played like we just mentioned in three weeks. Like they're without their top two pass catchers. I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe I think you'll particularly in terms of the perimeter and the skill positions, you're going to get a glimpse at what Ole Miss is going to have to look like next year because obviously Moore and Yabo are not coming back. So that'll be interesting to get a glimpse of how much that affects their offensive production, I guess, kind of remains to be seen. Uh, if it doesn't, like, I don't know, LSU's defense is not very good. They're the uh, only pass defense in the SEC that's worse than Ole Miss's statistically. But if Ole Miss still moves the ball up and down the field at, at will, that's one hell of a sign for in terms of the scheme just kind of being a plug-and-play type of thing. So I think you'll get a decent indicator of the future. I'm interested to watch it. I don't think the game necessarily, quote-unquote, matters that much. I mean, Ole Miss has a chance to finish with a winning record, which who would have thought that – heading into this year but I'm just kind of interested to see it like I I, I I don't know what I'm I don't even know what I'm saying I have no idea what to expect in this game I guess is what yeah, I'm saying. I think you're gonna see a lot of uh Roscoe Parrish but uh I think he's gonna get a lot of reps like I said maybe put uh, uh Plumlee at slot we'll see but uh uh it, it, it'll be anxious to see what Lane does you know with uh with two uh main parts of the offense and producers of offense so uh, you know, it's it's a head scratcher, but you know it should be a good game. And I, I, I like I said, I feel pretty confident that you know Ole Miss is just uh, the better team, regardless of them being three weeks off. But uh, hopefully they win. You know, that's just uh, what we're hoping for. Absolutely. So I don't know. I'll pick Ole Miss. I don't really have great confidence either one. I don't have confidence in, in this next pick either. Mississippi State hosting Missouri. Mississippi State is a plus one and a half point underdog at home to the Missouri Tigers who were thrashed by Georgia last week in Columbia after kind of being seen as like the plucky upset pick. I think that was only a 14 point line. They got absolutely smashed by Georgia. I think there's just a talent gap there at that point. Um, But Missouri's well coached and they do what they do well. And Mississippi State struggled to score on like I think the whole offense finding its rhythm thing in the egg bowl was kind of just an aberration. They looked awful against Florida offensively. Um, and so I, I'm going Missouri here. I, I don't even, I don't even really have to think twice about this. I think Missouri is a much better football team than state. I don't think state's going to be able to score. Yeah. I mean, this is just, uh, 
uh, use your uh, common sense and use your brain, you know, and uh, Missouri's a better program on the upper and, you know, not say anything bad about Mississippi State, but, you know, uh, the program, uh, you don't see improvements coming, you know, it's uh, all you see is it's uh, his way or the highway and, uh, you know, how many less uh, scholarships they have and this and that. So it is what it is, but Missouri's clearly the better team. I'm going to take a lock on this one. Uh, I actually think they'll win by two touchdowns. I like that. I probably should have locked it, but I'm going to hold off for the NFL games. I like that, though. If you're talking about the four SEC games, out of the four SEC games, which one am I most confident in? I I would definitely say it's this one by a long shot because the first two we just picked, it's hard to get a feel for. And then when we get to this Florida-Alabama line in a second, I don't really know what to make of that either. This one feels like Missouri wins this game by 10 points without much issue. So I'm kind of almost wondering, like, what's up and what am I missing with this line? So I'll um, I'll stay away from the lock just because you beat me to it, and we've got a full slate of NFL games, but I like that play, uh, absolutely. This is um, – this is I don't know. I just think Missouri is going to roll over them. I think State is limping to the finish line. So that's the third SEC game. And then, of course, we get to the big enchilada here with the SEC championship game. And this game would have had really a whole lot more luster had Florida not pissed down its leg last week. I mean, seriously, I mean, all joking aside with the shoe and the 57-yard field goal in the fog, if Florida enters this as a one-loss team, this is almost, I say it's like a playoff play-in game. Alabama would still probably get in the playoff if they lost, but like, this has a lot more luster to it. Can Mullen get Florida to the playoffs? And now you don't have that at all. And a fully healthy Florida team with Kyle Pitts going to play. Uh, he did not play last week, the All-American tight end, best tight end in the country. Um, Florida is a 17-and-a-half-point underdog to Alabama. That's – that's. I thought this line would be seven or eight, Greg. Like, I, this yeah. is shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, I, it is a big number. And, uh, I, I mean, in all honesty, I think it, it should have been maybe 10-and-a-half. But um, – I think, you know, Vegas just knows something. I mean, this Alabama team is, has covered I – mean, I had a friend tell me that the only bets he's done all year is uh, take Alabama in the first half and Alabama team total over. And he's like, I don't know, like 18 and two or something like that. Just something ridiculous. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Alabama's strong, but, you know, that's a lot of points. And, you know, you don't think that Florida was looking ahead – to play in Alabama, you know, regardless of how disastrous LSU looked uh, coming in, but uh, man, I just, I just don't see it being a, you know, a, a rip like, like that, like you know, they're thinking. I, I may, man, it's just a tough call. Uh, it's a lot of points, but I'm gonna take Alabama. I just think they're just too good, man. I just, uh, uh, I think a lot of wind went out of the sails in Florida, and. Uh, you know, you just uh, can't recuperate from something like uh, a big loss that you shouldn't have won. I mean, they were 24-point favorites, you know. Uh, that's, a, that's, a heart, that's a disheartening loss. And then you got Mullen, you know, explaining that it was a football move whenever he was throwing the shit. Man, just a disaster. So, uh, I think Alabama rolls here, man, honestly. I think it's like 55 to uh, 21 or something like that. I'm actually going to roll with the tie here. I'm going to go the other way. I, uh, I I think this is too many points because I think, you know, last week's result was really kind of an ugly one for Florida. But when that offense is functioning at full capacity, they're pretty sick. Like, they, they move the ball up and down the field on anyone. And if this were in the 10-11 point range, 
I'd be inclined to go with Alabama because even if Florida hung around in a shootout, I think an Alabama touchdown probably puts them up 13, 14 points late. And that's how you would lose taking Florida in that underdog. But this is 17 and a half points. This is almost three touchdowns. I, I'm very ready to accept that you were just very right on this and they boat raced them. But I think Florida's offense is too good for this to be a 17 and a half point line, no matter their defensive struggles. I mean, Alabama could win this game, I don't know, 47-33 or something like that. Or the game's not really that close, but they still come inside coverage. I just this number is perplexing to me. I think this 17 and a half points is too much. So I'll go the other way to close this one out. I just think, like I said, offense too good for Florida. I was uh, I was in shock by this line. Like if you'd have made us if I'd have done a thing where I made us guess the lines before the games came out, I would have missed this by 10 points, and I don't usually do that. Yeah, I would think, I was thinking, like, maybe this line should be 10 and a half, something like that. But, you like to say, 17 and a half is a big number, but if there's any team that could cover that 17 and a half, it's definitely that Alabama team. Absolutely. So that wraps up the, our four SEC games. That is the last SEC pick we will do this year. Obviously, we're going to continue to do the NFL We'll do some sort of bowl. Like, I was thinking about doing, like, a bowl podcast extravaganza. In a normal year, I definitely would have done it. I would have had us pick all the bowl games. I just don't know what bowl season is going to look like this year. So, we'll have something college-wise in the coming weeks. It's just obviously not going to be our normal SEC slate. But uh, we'll kind of see what the bowls look like on Sunday and how that plays out. So, stay tuned for that. But that was our last SEC slate of the year. That, uh... That flew by. What a weird, strange season that I never want to do again. But it was fun picking them. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, at one point we were, you know, hoping that we would play one or two games. Uh, but to get it all through, I know it kind of is spaced out. And the LSU and Ole Miss are playing, you know, not at the uh, the time was scheduled. But, you know, uh, hats off to the SEC and everybody uh, that, you know, followed the rules and got this thing done. So we just, you know, uh, hopefully not do this again like that. Yeah, you're you're dead on on that one. I do not want to do this again. I think uh, I think we're uh, probably in pretty good company with that take. The uh, Corona season, not fun. So that was our uh, SEC season. I may go back and see what we were for the year on SEC games and just kind of see where that compares to the NFL if I have some time this week. Who am I kidding? I'll probably be lazy and not do it. But we'll see. <laughs> I'm just I'm throwing the possibility out there. If 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 I get a wild hair and decide to be productive. One well, day. nobody. I don't think nobody's going to be mad at you, Vicky. So, no. So that's what. That's the best part. Like you can't fail if no one has any expectations. So I'm just saying it's possible for next week's show. I have our SEC yearly total. I'd give it a 10 percent chance, much like uh, my chances at winning this weekend. So, <laughs> anyway, that was the SEC. We will now transition, as the great Mike Francesa once said, to the league where they play for pay. It's uh it's the greatest NFL, it's the greatest time of the year in the NFL other than the playoffs. You know why? Because we have Saturday NFL football. And you know it's like cold weather, holiday football, playoff races. This when you have NFL games and multiple NFL games on Saturday, you know it's nut crunching time. And this is the greatest NFL time of the year. I love Saturday NFL football. If we could get a snow game out of it too, that would be great, but I'm not asking for too much in 2020. But uh, I love these NFL Saturday games. They're awesome. Yeah, it, it definitely uh, it, it definitely helps out on the bet. And, you know, to get everything in line, you're like, oh, I got the NFL game tonight, you know. <laughs> like you're going to win everything back on the NFL game that you lost during the college game. 
Oh yeah, and we've got a mid-afternoon game, and then we've got a night game. I would put both. I would call constitute both of these games as aggressively average. They're not terrible games, but they're not great games as well. And so we'll get right into it. The first one we have is the afternoon game is Denver plus five and a half against hosting Buffalo. So this game is in Denver. Josh Allen looked like an MVP candidate in the second half against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. A uh, big win for Buffalo. They're good, man. They're 10 and three, I think. Was it 10 and three, 11 and three, whatever they are. And their three losses are to the Chiefs, the Titans, and a Hail Mary to the Cardinals. Like, watch out for Buffalo, man. They're really good. And on the opposite side of things, Denver's been playing pretty good football the last couple of weeks. They went into Carolina and won last week. Two weeks ago, they almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. The rest of, as we've talked about a couple of times, the rest of Denver's team is good. They got a good defense, a couple of good running backs, and good receivers. I'm just not necessarily sure about Drew Locke. Plus five and a half here. This feels like a frisky Denver game, but I think I'm going to go Buffalo. I'm, I'm big Josh Allen believers. I think they're good. So I'll go Buffalo, but I don't feel great about swallowing all these points on the road. Yeah, I like Denver here. I mean, you know, Melvin Gordon uh, is healthy, and they're running the ball, you know, good. And like you said, their last three games, they've, uh, you know, had a couple good wins and a uh, close game against Kansas City. So I'll take the uh, the home underdog on a Saturday uh, Saturday afternoon for sure. Yeah, I like that. Like, I you could easily, honestly, before that game happens, I may have may already switch my pick. Like, that's one of those. It's just kind of a coin flip thing. I'll stick with Buffalo for now, but I reserve the right to uh, not for the record's sake. I won't do that to you, but just in terms of where my, my cold hard cash is going, uh, I'm very open to switching to Denver. The night game we have is Green Bay and Carolina. No Christian McCaffrey, I believe. I believe he is out this week, and I think the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about that. Green Bay hosting Carolina. Um, we had this exact game happen last year, which I don't. You don't see that often. And uh, it was a Kyle Allen snow game where Carolina got all the way down to like the two yard line and almost tied the game up. Um, but Green Bay was able to come out with a win. Green Bay is minus eight against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, uh, man. You know, uh, I, I like Green Bay, but you know, it's just it's just. Uh, that Carolina just kind of uh, – they had an opportunity to beat Denver last weekend and get back in that wild card, but they, uh, they came up short. I, I, I think this is a good teaser game. Uh, I would probably tease, you know, uh, Green Bay down uh, just because I think it might be a field goal game if it comes down to that. But uh, I'm going to go with Green Bay. I, I, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully it's a, they, they get a two-touchdown win here. Yeah, I, we talked about this last week when I, we were talking about big lines and like Green Bay and Kansas City and really Buffalo would be the third team I put in there are like the teams I trust to cover big spreads, particularly when it's more than a touchdown. We kind of got jobbed with a late field goal uh, against Detroit last week for Green Bay covering. They were covering for most of that game. I think I'll go with them again here. Like I, I, Carolina's frisky, but their defense isn't very good. There's no McCaffrey. I just don't see it here in Lambeau in the cold weather. I'm going to go Green Bay with you. I think they win this, what, 10, 14 points. I don't think, I don't think them covering eight will be much of a problem. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to win by, yes, I, I, I agree with you. Let's roll with those. 
Yeah, so we're both going Green Bay there. Not to, like I said, two average Saturday games. Like, you know, not great, but could be, you know, you could get a good frisky ending out of both of those, like particularly Buffalo and Denver. So it's Saturday football, and it's not completely terrible. So looking forward to that. We'll fast forward into the Sunday games now. First one, what do you want to go with first? Indy and Houston. This game always seems to get weird. Indianapolis Colts, who after beating the Oakland Raiders last week, pretty much locked themselves up a playoff spot. It's not guaranteed, but their playoff odds, the winner of that game had like a 60% chance to get in the playoffs, while the loser went down to like 20. And now the Raiders are just toast. I mean, you they lost at home last night on Thursday Night Football to the uh, upstart Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert is awesome. We can talk about that in a minute. But long story short, Raiders are done. Colts are very much in the thick of the division and the wild card race. They're going to be a playoff team. Houston burned me last week, but I'm going to ride them again. I think they rebound. I think Deshaun Watson makes this interesting. I'll take Houston plus seven. This is too many points. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to agree with you, but, you know, I, uh, he burned me last week and he burned me with the Chicago Bears. So, uh, I think the Indianapolis Colts are a better team than Chicago. So, I'm going to go Colts here uh, for some strange reason. You know, it's just got Phillip Rivers, you know, being in the AFC championship game for some strange reason. And, you know, I think it's kind of funny. Last night they uh, snuck a Oakland Raiders hat on Gruden last night. Did you see that? I did. He coached the first half in an Oakland Raiders. How does that happen? I guess he just grabbed an old hat out of his closet on the way to the stadium. How does that work? Well, he, I think he said he explained it in, uh, in saying that somebody was playing a prank on him or something like that. So, uh, touche to whoever plays a prank on John Gurdon. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. I bet he was not in a great mood while explaining that one last night. Either. They had their no. their heart ripped out. That was a that was a truly fun but just ter- like debacle of a football game. That was not a well coached game by uh, by either team. Yeah, uh, I, I, unfortunately, I, I only watched a little bit of it. I had Keenan. I'm in the playoffs of the first round of fantasy football, and I had Keenan Allen, and he put up a big donut for me last uh, last night. So kind of sad about that absolutely so where did uh where did you go on this one did you go houston or indy i like indianapolis i think indianapolis uh yeah i like indianapolis fair enough the next one we got oh this is a doozy the la rams are minus 17 and a half at home against the new york jets i I don't have any analysis on this one this is a huge line in the nfl but i think that 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 Greg Williams cover zero thing pretty much just like, I think, I think everyone in the Jets locker room looked around after that one or like, why are we even trying? Let's just not get hurt. They got beat what, like 44 to six by the Seahawks last week, oh, which yeah. we didn't do well last week, but we were both all over that. I, I don't have much of analysis here. I'm just penciling in the Rams. Yeah. I'm just going to, we'll just skip to, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams to uh, this. It's a disaster. Yeah, that's about as, I mean, they should get, as succinctive a way as you could describe it. They should get relegated to the XFL. I mean, like, they really, XFL should literally come out and be like, your worst team has to come to the XFL every year. And we, you know, promote our best team. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they're getting Trevor Lawrence. Good luck to Trevor Lawrence. He is uh, He's going to need it in that organization. But, hey, he'll have a new coach, so we'll see how it goes. The next one we have, Atlanta is hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are winning games. They won 
last week against Minnesota, but like their last couple of wins and they've had losses sprinkled in in between these, but like they haven't had a win in over like a month and a half where you're like, oh, Tampa looks good. Like they just kind of had to drag some out. They're plus six here or they're minus six on the road. I I, I don't want to, I, I, I hate going with the Falcons. There was like a four week stretch in this season where I was like, oh, Falcons playing good football, cover machines. That has since faded. The Falcons are really just a frustrating team. No Julio, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go the Atlanta Falcons here because I just think I, I think Tampa does too much dumb stuff, and this is a lot of points on the road. So I'll go uh, Atlanta here. Yeah, I have to you know, kind of semi-agree with you, but I was on Atlanta last week against uh, San Diego, and I kid you not, there was three or four times I looked down at my phone and Atlanta had it in the – red zone like punt, about to punch it in and somehow they didn't score and they lost 17 to 10 i think or something like something terrible um i'm i'm, I'm done with atlanta uh, i'm uh, uh, hopefully brady uh is is time to shine you know he's later later part of the year and uh you know he came down to tampa to win the super bowl so uh let's go with it you know i'll, I'll get suckered in on it but i'll, I'll take tampa bay on this you sound like a man who likes to learn from his mistakes where I just keep getting shot the same exact way. So I'm just going to allow uh, Atlanta to kick me in the groin one more time and just pretend like it never happened because yeah, they did no. it last week. They outchargered the Chargers. I'm doing this again after after wagering on them to go beat the Chargers in what was essentially a pick em, and they blew that game. Matt Ryan threw like three picks in the last like seven minutes of that game oh. or something stupid. But yeah, hey, I was just like, kick the field goal, kick the field goal, and literally – it's like Matt Ryan interception. I was like, what? why are you throwing it on third and two or three, you know, when you're inside field goal range? But, yeah, brutal, brutal loss on that. But, yeah, I'm done with the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, ask my girlfriend or my mom. I'm not a quick learner and I'm stubborn. So, Atlanta, do it to me again. I'm begging you. Yes. The, um, yeah, we'll send I, you a Christmas card if you, if you do. <laughs> The next one is where my first lock is coming from. So this, I feel this might be the most confident one I'm in all weekend in terms of games. Miami is minus two at home against the New England Patriots. I am locking Miami maybe three times because, I mean, look, they didn't look. They turned they turned Patrick Mahomes over three, four times last week. Three, four times yeah. at least three. You know, didn't win the game. I think Kansas City's just a level above everyone else. But New England can't throw. Cam Newton can't throw a 15-yard pass down the field. They don't run it particularly well. Miami forces turnovers. Why is this a two-point line? I am all over Miami here. And I guess it's a trap. I mean, if I'm this confident in anything, it's yeah. most certainly a trap. But I, I don't care. Take my money. Well, I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm taking the bait, too. I, I love Miami, and I'm going to lock it with you. I mean, this is, this is a no-brainer. I mean, you know, obviously uh, – New England isn't New England without Tom Brady. So, um, you know, and I've watched some of that New England game, and, man, Cam Newton's all – I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he's just into more of a fashion statement than being a quarterback, but good Lord, man. I, I, I mean, I don't know how – I mean, there's a, probably a reason he didn't have a job or a team picked him up until, like, the almost the first week of, tra you know, training camp. But, yeah. I, I like uh, I like Miami a lot here. 
Yeah, I guess he's just washed. And I read an article the other day, whoever covers the Patriots for The Athletic, I wrote an article, I mean, I read the article that he's been dealing with a couple of uh, other nagging injuries that Cam apparently is a guy, and I guess I respect this to some degree, never really lets on about injuries at all. Like, I don't, you know, a lot of times you see this in the NBA particularly a lot. Like, anytime anyone, any superstar has a bad game, particularly in the playoffs, it's like, oh, well, he's got an ankle bothering him or something stupid. Whereas Cam, I think, really does try to, like, not disclose it and just plays through a lot of pain. And that was pretty much the premise of this article is like, hey, he's got a abdomen thing and a shoulder thing and I, I think he's just dinged up and washed I think is pretty much the gist of it because he does not look like himself he doesn't even look like the Cam Newton from the first three weeks of the season you remember how good he looked in that Sunday night football game against oh, Seattle yeah. I mean, where they I, lost yeah, the game yeah and everybody was like why are you going to let the New England Patriots get to this you know and look you know even in college you know he was running that you know, quarterback keeper and, you know, taking a lot of shots. I mean, you know, it's not a – he's not your casual drop-back quarterback, you know. So, uh, you know, he's been taking shots, uh, you know, for throughout his whole career. And I'm, I'm kind of totally with you, you know. It's almost like, you know, it happens. Uh, uh, the athlete gets washed out, man. Hate to see it. Cam was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Oh, I watched yeah, some yeah. little mini doc on that 2010 Auburn offense the other oh, night yeah. with no, nothing else on TV unbelievable college player man and you hate to see it but he's also got no weapons that also is a thing like his best receiver is a guy i can't even brown i don't even know it like Nikhil harry is not it yeah yeah so no weapons and injured is not a good combo all over the miami dolphins here uh maybe we'll be looked to made fools out of that one who knows but i don't understand that line uh the next one we've got what do we have next oh denver no excuse me detroit and Tennessee, uh, Detroit Lions going to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is minus eight and a half, and Stafford has not practiced all week and seems like a long shot to play. I went against the Titans last week in a big line. You remember they were like eight, oh, yeah. they were in the same boat. They were like eight point oh, yeah. favorites going to Jacksonville. And I said, I don't trust the Titans. Well, they made me look silly because they beat the hell out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Derrick Henry did his thing. So I'll go with my Titans this week. They need it to keep pace and keep the uh, Colts shut out of the AFC South title. They need it for a number of different reasons. I'll go Titans minus eight and a half. I think Detroit sucks. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, and we could just move along. I might lock that. I, know I hate locking huge spreads like that, but Detroit, particularly if Matthew Stafford doesn't play, I don't know how they're going to move the ball. And this is Derrick Henry's season. When the weather gets colder and the later in the year, he somehow runs bigger, better, and stronger. So this is Derrick Henry's kind of like peak. Like this is usually when he peaks. And I am a, I'm going to go big game from Derrick Henry, and I'll lock this. That's a, uh, that's yeah. a big one for me to lock. I don't like locking huge lines. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, I think that's a good play. I like it. So both go in Tennessee there. Really not a whole of anal- whole lot of analysis to be had. Detroit's going to get a new coach, and I wonder if they'll move on from Stafford. It just hasn't really worked there, and I don't think it's Stafford's fault. Well, I think he's a good quarterback. Big, yeah, but they just signed him with that big contract. So I see somebody, uh, you know, eating, you know, taking on that contract or working out a deal, you know, for, um, for him. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, you don't ever see quarterbacks traded like that. But we've talked about this with Deshaun Watson a couple of times. Like, could we start seeing this in the NFL a little more often? Like, could you see – I don't think Deshaun Watson's getting traded. But could you see Stafford get moved for something and you could see a little more quarterback mobility than you've seen in the past? Because Stafford's played his entire career for this organization that really just seems to be an app. They don't hire good coaches. They got – one coach they got right, Jim Caldwell – they fired him for going nine and seven and hired a clown. No offense uh, to your doppelganger, but no. it just it, <laughs> I mean, hasn't, I it just hasn't worked. I mean I, I, I mean, I see somebody like Atlanta trying to, you know, get him or uh, I don't know. I mean, I just how about the I, Washington football team? Well, you know, they boy, they were playing so good, and then all of a sudden they fell apart at the end, almost pretty much, and they had Haskins in there. Whew, man. And wow. he's starting this week. I, I saw Alex Smith got ruled out with yeah. a uh, calf injury. So, anyway, I don't know. It'll be interesting to monitor Stafford's future. But uh, Detroit sucks. We're both going with Tennessee there. The next early game we have is, I don't know why you would watch this, but Minnesota is minus three and a half at home against the Chicago Bears. Uh, I don't have a ton of analysis to offer here. Yeah. I'm not doing the Bears. I'm done with them. I already said I was. I don't care if they burned me last week. So I'll go with the uh, I'll go with Dan Bailey and the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I'm basically just asking Dan Bailey to hurt me one more time because I can't yeah. pick the Bears. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I couldn't. I don't think I've bet on the Bears at all this year, and uh, I've been you know kicked in the shin too many times. So I'll take the Bears this week. I'll go. I'll go against you on this one. All right, so you're going Chicago on this one. I don't hate yeah. that pick at all. I just I the betting that there's so you know there's some teams. Whether they're bad, terrible, or even in some cases, the Bears for a while, record-wise, were "quote unquote" good. There's some things that just miserable to bet on, and it's gotten it's gotten better with Trubisky. But when, particularly when the Bears were starting Foles, they were just a terrible team to put your money on. They were not fun to watch. Every game was a disaster to watch. Like the Bears have scarred me, and that's why I'm going the other way more so than anything. (laughs) The uh, typical Bears move would probably be Mitch probably wins out the whole rest of the season, and they like re-sign him to a new deal. <laughs> Add two more years. They sneak. They're in the playoff race. They sneak into the playoffs with Mitch, and they give him a two-year extension instead of blowing <laughs> the whole thing up. That would be hilarious. Oh, that'd be great. Jacksonville. Oh, Baltimore, another crappy one. The The back half of this 12 o'clock slate, at least in terms of where these games are ordered, is not great. Baltimore coming off a win that saved their season in Cleveland. Uh, probably, that was game of the year, right? That Monday night football game was awesome. That was the game of the year, in my opinion. That was so entertaining. Oh, yeah. They, oh, uh, whenever, whenever, you, whenever there's a lot of scores and everything, it's a good, it's a good entertainment game for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. That was uh, that was awesome. You had like three touchdowns in the last five minutes of the game. Baker Mayfield looked awesome. Like I didn't leave that game any less impressed with the Browns. Their defense wasn't particularly good, but Lamar and the Ravens just kind of came out on the right side of that. Browns going to the playoffs. They'll be fine. Ravens still in the hunt. They're minus 13 at home against Jacksonville. Jacksonville doesn't want to win at this point. They have an outside shot at Trevor Lawrence. They're probably getting Justin Fields. But um, I'm done with them on huge spreads. I don't feel good about this. Lamar and the Ravens run all over bad teams, and that's what's going to happen here. Ravens big. Yeah, I uh, I need a, a good week from Lamar Jackson on this fantasy uh, to uh, to make up for that Keenan Allen donut. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully uh, uh, hopefully it's a 24 to 
seven ball game at halftime, and they just keep on hammering them. So, uh, but I agree with you. Let's go with the Ravens. Yeah, agreed. Those are the last two we just picked are snoozers. That's uh, those are two games that you'll see like a total of like seven plays of on red zone, and five of them are just going to be sick Lamar touchdowns. You'll you'll you hardly see any of that Chicago Minnesota game. So uh, another yeah, game. Like you okay? The under. So I, I like that sprinkling a total in there. It is 48. I actually like that as well. Uh, that's a good call. So over under 48 on that. You like the under? I like well, in that uh, sh- Chicago Detroit. I for sure like that under for some strange reason. Okay. So she got Chicago, Minnesota. That's 46 and a half. That's the one you're going with? Yeah. I like that under for some strange reason. I like that. I don't, uh, I don't hate that at all. Uh, bear with me it's here. Just I'm so, gonna... It's so brutal to tell, uh, to play those totals, you know, because, you know, uh, I literally have played a total and it's been under the whole game and they score 21 points in the fourth quarter, you know? It's brutal. Yeah, t- totals are, like, nice when you don't, obviously, when you don't really want to have a dog in the fight. But, like, like there's been some maddening over-under beats in the NFL this year with just some absolute debauchery in the last – four minutes of games like college basketball level debauchery oh i can tell you all about that <laughs> those totals are uh yeah so you gotta watch out there the game i was gonna i originally had skipped because alex smith just got ruled out and it appears they took the line off of most books but as of right now it's seattle minus three and a half hosting the washington football team i, I think believe- seattle yeah yeah yeah, I mean, no, I'm, excuse I'm, me. This I'm game's in Washington. Washington. Sorry. Yeah, I, that's what I was saying. I think it would be a, the line would be a little bit higher. You know, Seattle, I, I, man, I just like I said, watching that second half with Haskins. I mean, he's got man. Whew, I almost he's not good. His, yeah, I would almost question uh, the guy that, you know, drafted him to play quarterback. I mean, good Lord, man, that it was. Um, anyway, I'm not trying not to talk bad about any, any individual, you know, but whew, uh, with that being said, Russell Wilson and DK probably going to have a field day and I'm actually going to lock this up. I think Washington rolls. I mean, uh, the Seattle rolls Washington up here. Yeah. I really want to take Washington here. They've been an incredibly fun team to not only wager on, but root for in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like Chase Young has been awesome. Oh, they, what, yeah, they I had... mean, I've been on them. We've been on them. Oh, yeah, we both have. And they, what, two defensive touchdowns last week. It was a little flukish. But, you know, they could lose this game, and they're still probably going to win that division with the way the Giants Alex, are playing. Did Alex Smith get hurt? Yeah, so he had a calf injury, and he got he got, he got got hurt in that game, and then that's keeping him out this week. So he's not playing this week as well. It's the Haskins show, which, to my overall point, I'm going with you, and I'm locking Seattle in this as well. Because I still think a lot of people will take Washington. So I'm going to lock Seattle with you. If Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback, I just don't see it because I don't think the Seattle defense is going to be able to force Russell Wilson into as many mistakes as they did to Nick Mullins last week. And I know a couple of them were fumbles, but still Seattle's a little more buttoned up offensively, even if they stink defensively. So I'm going to lock Seattle here, even though Washington has kind of been like my adopted team this year. They've been fun to root for. They're still probably winning that division. Yeah, I would think Washington and the uh, Dolphins were, were the two teams we've kind of adopted uh, this year. They have been our, our the most fun two teams that we have uh, wagered on without a shadow of a doubt. Those have been like the two teams that I've had an interest in, and I can't really explain why. 
it's just like a dot. Like I like Tua. I like the Ron Rivera story. Washington's been fun. Their defense is sick. But uh, yeah, not liking them this week. We're both on Seattle, and I think that's the smart play, particularly with Alex Smith not playing. Because even those last two wins against Pittsburgh and uh, San Francisco on the road have not looked pretty, which who cares if it looks pretty? I just, I don't think that translates against Russell Wilson. So both on Seattle there, and we have one more early game to get to. This was a big storyline, not because of the game itself, but because of where the game time is now versus what it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, The San Francisco-Dallas game got flexed out of Sunday night football and is now a noon game in favor of Cleveland and the New York Giants, which obviously on the surface is like, wow, the Cowboys must really suck if they're getting flexed out of primetime games. You got Jerry Jones to give some spin zone on it about how it's actually a good thing that they play at 12. There's more eyeballs. The typical Jerry Jones response. But long story short, no one cares about that. Dallas is plus three against San Francisco, and I think I just found my fourth lock of the week. I think San Francisco rolls them here. San Francisco's had some bad luck. They've had some tough injuries, but they're still a good football team. And to me, this is one of the biggest coaching mismatches of the NFL season. Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy. Give me the Niners all day, minus three on the road here. I'll lock it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lock it, but yeah, I mean, I'm just have to totally agree with you. That's uh, that's just uh, a common sense uh, bet. And uh, if something happens in this game and and they don't win, uh, it's definitely rigged or something. Yeah, this one, I just, I don't see it. I mean, I, I, Dallas even winning against Cleveland last, excuse me, Cincinnati last week, they found the one, the one franchise that's still a, more of a mess than they are. Uh, I'll maybe throw the Jets in there too, but uh, I don't think Cincinnati's very well coached. I don't think Dallas is either. So to me, this is a classic coach, coach, coaching mismatch, and I am going San Francisco all the way here. So that takes us in. Yeah, that takes us all the way through the early games. We unfortunately have another one of those slates this week where we only have three late games, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of liked it last week where you had, what, like seven early games and six late games. The late slate was a lot going on last week. That's kind of how I prefer things, but I'm not going to complain because we're getting Saturday football. But only three late games, and the first one is – oh, we already picked one of them. Of them. I did that out of order. That was Jets Rams. So that's might as well not be a game. So we basically have two late games. The first one is Arizona and Philly. The Jalen Hurts show against Kyler Murray. They are going to Arizona. So Philly traveling to Arizona, and it is Arizona minus six. Yeah, didn't they, didn't they play in the playoff already? Uh, the college playoff? Didn't the, uh, Oklahoma and uh, Alabama play each other? That's right. I, wait, did they? I think so. I, or, I can't remember. No, um, I think Georgia and Oklahoma played each it was, other. It was, yeah, Rose it was Bowl. that epic Baker Mayfield Rose Bowl. That's what it was. Gotcha, yeah. No, um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, should be a decent game. I mean, you know, uh, man, Philly's a disaster, man. Oof, but for some strange reason, they've been a cover machine and they showed up at Will. You know, good uh, last week against a decent Saints team. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll go with Philly here. Um, I, you know, I, I'm in a home dog mood, so let's let's take Philly. So my take on that thing last week was one: I don't think the Saints were really ready for some of this running stuff that they were going to try to do with Jalen Hurts. That's not really a game that the Saints had to be motivated in. I know they're trying to 
get the one seed and hold off Green Bay and a couple of these other teams. So the game was important. But that was just kind of a classic trap place for them to be. Uh, you're a Saints fan. To me, that game, and I was already here. I was already at this point. But if you needed any more evidence, that to me was the whole Taysom Hill experiment. This is not it. Like that that sealed it for a lot of people. I was already there. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I mean, it's almost kind of like a, a, a horse racing deal. You know, when you just trust the trainer uh, that's training the horse and, you know, uh, you expect the horse to perform, you know, uh, <laughs> Sean Payton's high on Taysom Hill for some strange reason, which that's fine. Uh, but with that being said, I just don't think, uh, it's going to work, you know, day, uh, week in and week out. Uh, I, I honestly, I think James Winston, there, there just must be something going on to where he won't pull the trigger on it. But I actually, I think James Winston would be great in this offense and just kind of very, similar to what Drew Brees, but it's a total different offense, you know, with uh, Taysom Hill out there. So, I don't know, man. You know, it's just you, you trust the coach and you trust the GM to make the right moves. But sometimes, you know, as a fan, it's hard to swallow those uh, those moves that are made. Uh, Jameis Winston wins that game last week for uh, New Orleans and Philly. Jalen Hurts was okay. I guess that was the topic I was trying to get uh, get back to. Um, by saying all that, all that Jalen Hurts was okay last week. I thought it was more of the Saints' offense being bad and Jalen Hurts and Philly just being good enough. Like Jalen Hurts is getting a huge benefit of the doubt because of how horrible Carson Wentz was. Like he was good enough for them to win last week because he wasn't Carson Wentz. Then that's how bad Wentz had been playing up to that. Wentz had been a bottom two quarterback in the NFL every single week before that. And so I'm not buying it this week. I think that's why this line is a little higher than most would guess. Arizona needs this to stay alive in the playoff hunt. I'm going to go Arizona here minus six. So I'll go the other way here. Not a great feel for this game, but I'll um, I'll take Kyler over Jalen. I think that was a little bit of a flash in the pan. So I am going Arizona on that one. You've got Philly. And that takes us and to. Plus, whenever video comes out, you know, the, uh, the book on, you know, on quarterbacks gets solved real quick. Yeah, and that was a, the Athletic wrote a piece earlier this week about just like what other opposing coaches that saw the game thought of Jalen Hurts. And one of the quotes was pretty much exactly what you just said. An unnamed defensive assistant on another team basically just said, kid played pretty good, but that's not going to be hard to scheme against once you get about two weeks worth of film on it. So I think you're dead on with that one as well. But who the yeah, hell knows? They, Philly's still got a good defense. You know, if they can find a defense or, you know, a way to stop Lamar Jackson and some and sometimes uh, Patrick Mahomes, then, you know, defense always going to prevail in any kind of situation, I think. The next one is the marquee game of the weekend, Saints-Chiefs. And luckily for America, I hate – I feel like I'm picking on Taysom Hill here. But honestly, luckily for America, we're getting Drew Brees back this week. He is going to start for the New Orleans Saints this week as they host the Kansas City Chiefs. Whatever you think of Taysom Hill, whatever you think of Jameis Winston, whatever, this was going to be a more fun matchup with a healthier Drew Brees. So I'm glad we're getting this. And I hate to do this to you, but I'm locking the Chiefs here. It's Kansas City minus three in the Superdome. Maybe it's a different story if it's rocking out with fans and all that and it's a normal crowd. But uh, give me Patrick Mahomes and everyone. Patrick Mahomes in that offense is a level ahead of everyone in the NFL, I think, so far. I mean, that game last week, they got down 10 to nothing uh, against the Dolphins. Mahomes threw two first-quarter interceptions, and, like, 
they didn't flinch. It was kind of like, eh, okay, we'll stop screwing around now. I've, I've never seen – it was almost Golden State Warriors-like where it's like, oh, this is cute. We're down 10 nothing, and then reeled off, what, 28 straight points or something yeah. ridiculous. So I just think the Chiefs are too good. I'm using the last lock I have on the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, as a Saints fan, I'm just going to have to agree with you and just take the Chiefs here. I mean, don't get me wrong, whenever Breeze comes back, that's going to help out a lot. But, you know, he's coming off of, a, you know, seven, seven, eight-week uh, injury. And uh, to come back and play the best team in the NFL, uh, probably, you know, not the most uh, welcoming of Christmas cards, I would think. But, uh, you know, Kansas City's uh, front four is uh, pretty aggressive. And, uh, you know, Drew Breeze usually has problems with uh, – with teams that have a good front four. So, uh, I don't know, man. I, I like KC here, but, you know, as a Saints fan, I'm going to always root for the Saints. But, you know, try to try not to bet with your uh, with your heart and bet with your mind. And uh, just, you know, Patrick Mahomes minus three just seems like a, uh, a good bet. But, uh, but yeah, it should be a decent game. Uh, it just depends on what Drew Brees comes – which one comes back. And I'll tell you the biggest thing if you're a Saints fan, if you're looking for something to watch in this game, I think the Saints have a shot. Like, don't get me wrong. It would not stun me if the Saints won. But what I would really be curious about, because I think the Saints defense is awesome. And in, a, in an NFC that doesn't really have a great team, if you get me to the playoffs and you show me that Drew Brees isn't just a total corpse of himself, I probably can make a case that I like the New Orleans Saints more so than just about any team in the NFC, because the Packers can be kind of fraudulent. Seattle's defense stinks. Honestly, the two teams I like the most in the NFC are New Orleans and the Los Angeles Rams. And so what I would say all of that to say, if the Saints defense is frisky against Mahomes and like turns him over a couple of times and like say Kansas City wins this thing like 23-20 and they just don't let the offense run wild. I think that would bode well for a potential Super Bowl rematch. Like that would, even in a loss, that would instill some confidence in me. It's Saints fans is like, all right, our defense can give them some problems if our offense plays an A plus game. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, well, that's usually that that's usually uh, you know the case with New Orleans is uh, uh, their defense is usually uh, sketchy, and, you know, but their offense is really good. And so uh, you stop Drew Brees a couple times, you end up winning that game nine times out of ten. But uh, you know, this New Orleans team's a little bit different. You know, that defense is pretty staunch. But uh, it's just a shame there's no fans in this game because, uh, man, son, that, that, that game would be rocking for sure. Yeah, you're dead on with that one. Like, it's – it's there's been – I mean, this like, is just one of the reasons, you know, one of the m- most sadness, you know, about the whole COVID deal is like something like this. New Orleans Sunday night, you know, Kansas City come – I mean, that's uh, – <laughs> That's just, uh, you know, a recipe for, you know, an awesome, awesome time. Yeah, I could not agree more. Like, it, it, there's been, like, you almost want to call them F-COVID games. Like, as much as I'm grateful we get the NFL and I've loved watching all this football go on uninterrupted every Sunday, there's been five or six matchups throughout this year where it's kind of like, damn, this sucks. Like, this would be so much more awesome if there were fans in the stands. One of them was Ravens-Chiefs. There's been a couple of Saints games. This might be the top of the list. This would be awesome if the Dome yeah. had 70,000 people. Yeah, it'd just be a really good weekend to, you know, have a guy's trip, you know, go to uh, see the Rebs in Baton Rouge and then watch uh, Sunday night in New Orleans. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get back there eventually. But, yeah, this is just kind of a heartbreaker. Damn, now you're really depressing me. I didn't even think about that <laughs> angle of it either. That would be a hell of a uh, – if you're an old Miss and a Saints fan, 
you go pop over to Baton Rouge, get to see Ole Miss, you know, possibly beat up on a limping LSU team, and then get Saints Chiefs tickets and get to watch Mahomes and Breeze. Man, that's I. Or even that, just going to New Orleans in general, regardless of if you get into the game, you know, uh, getting to hang out on Bourbon Street, you know, while while big games going on like that. It's always a good time. I went to a bunch of Sugar Bowls back in the day, and, uh, uh, man, it's always a, a good time whenever, you know, big games get going on in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, so I guess my final thought on that after hearing that, it just making me sad, inject me with whatever the hell you want to inject me with to get life back to normal again. <laughs> I will take anything. Do not care. If, 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 if you claim it's a vaccine and it helps, you could you could liquidate a bar of soap and stick it in my, my arm if you convince me that I could go back and do normal things. I don't care. So this sucks. That that really made yeah. me miss fans and things being normal. But we're maybe both you know teams. maybe get a uh, maybe get a round of golf on Friday before you know at the Country Club of Baton Rouge or something like that. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, Just, that's uh, a add some cherries onto the top of the trip. But yeah, that would be a that'd be a really good trip, man. But uh, it is what it is. But yeah. I agree with you. Uh, give me some Dawn soap and inject it and uh, tell me I'll be all right. The last uh, the last sun game on Sunday is Sunday night football that we just talked about, the old uh, flexing scandal, if you want to call it that. Uh, Browns and Giants got in. This game, if the Giants had beaten the Cardinals last week, uh, would have probably had a little more luster to it because both these teams would have really needed this game. They still both really need it. Danny Dimes was he tried to play hurt last week against the Cardinals and basically just single-handedly cost them the game. Like, if the Giants had played Colt McCoy, they might have beaten Arizona. Instead, they tried to play an injured Danny Dimes, and he was he was really just not good. He, Like I said, single-handedly lost it for him. He was awful. You've got Browns on the road going to the New York football Giants, and the Browns are minus six and a half. And I got to say, man, I've never really bought the Browns. I never really bought Baker Mayfield. But the last two weeks watching them beat the hell out of my Tennessee Titans and then play that well offensively on Monday Night Football last week, like they didn't lose that game last week because of Baker Mayfield in the offense. Yes, he had the costly pick six or the pick down to the two-yard line uh, in the third quarter. But outside of that, he was really good, man, and I'm buying these Browns. So I don't. this is really conflicting. I think the Giants need this game worse. So I'll take the six-and-a-half points. But I don't feel great about this. I, uh, I I don't have much confidence, but I'll take the Giants reluctantly. Yeah, I'll go with the Browns then. Yeah, I mean, I just think the Browns are just a better team. I just was expecting uh, the Giants to, you know, come back in the fourth quarter, on, you know, on that, in the Arizona game last weekend. But just never really happened. So, uh, with that being said, I just think, you know, uh, the Browns are playing a little bit better football. And uh, I, I see – I can't not see Baker, uh, Baker throw, you know, three or four touchdowns and, you know, win by two, uh, win by uh, double digits in this game. Yeah, man. Like, I, I agree in that sense. Like, they, they've got, like, they're a serious threat to win a playoff game now. Like, I, like, like I kind of mentioned after that Titans game, like, I have to take you seriously when you play like that. And he backed it up again this past week. And, you know, it kind of sucks for the Browns and Baker that that game didn't turn out for – for, as a win for them, because then they would have really been in the conversation. But I, uh, they're they're on my radar now. Like you got to take them seriously. I'm kind of turning into a Baker believer. But I'll take the Giants. You're going Browns. I uh, almost like your pick better than mine in that sense. But we'll see how it goes. And then after three really good games we just talked about in a row, the Monday night game, 
unfortunately, is kind of a stinker. It is the Cincinnati Bengals, who with Brandon Allen at quarterback, hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers minus 13. I'm going to shock you with this pick here. This is a classic Steelers uh, screw-up game where they're down like six in the third quarter and win the game by four. I'm going to go Bengals plus 13. Why the hell not? Yeah, I mean, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. You know, who, who doesn't like a good Monday night underdog, especially when you're getting 13 points? Uh, you know, I'm not saying that Steelers have been exposed the last couple of weeks, you know, but uh, uh, they haven't exposed. And, uh, you know, I, I just uh, maybe, maybe never doubt the, the, the uh, pay-for-play athlete uh, in the NFL. So, uh I think this is a good situation for it. So uh, let's go with the home dog on Monday night. Yeah, I, uh, that, that's I mean, just that, kind might, of a... that might be just a terrible angle, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, uh, but you know, it did sound like we knew what we were talking about for sure. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better that I, I was, I was just about to say before you said that is I'm very ready to accept it. That's just a terrible angle to look at this game through, but <laughs> Whatever. It's Cincinnati and the Steelers on a Monday night. We pick every game on this show, but if that were like an actual like game I was having to wager on, I'd probably advise a stay away central. But anyway, kind of a yeah, uh, maybe the under the whimper. <laughs> maybe yeah, the, the under the over under is 40. Good Lord. Uh, yeah. Whew. I mean, may, I can honestly see, you know, uh, 20 to 17. Yeah, that's uh that's gonna be an ugly one. Back in the day that used to be a fun game. Andy Dalton, Big oh, Ben yeah. Roethlisberger, those teams hate each other too. And oh, yeah. uh that I, used to be uh, a fun game. Uh Bontez Purify wouldn't he like wasn't he like spearing a bunch of people and Yeah, uh, and then Juju yeah. laid him out. Burfitt was spearing dudes and hitting after the whistle, <laughs> and then Juju cheap shotted him, which was probably like the most accepted cheap shot of all time. You know how most of the time when someone cheap shot someone like you get all the talking heads on the internet, like, oh, there's no place for that in this league, and suspend him for the year. Juju cheap shot at Burfitt, and everyone was like, eh, okay, I could see that. <laughs> that was a fun game. That was a violent, violent game that night. Yeah, for sure. So that was it, dude. That's uh, we are through 15 weeks in the NFL. We only have two more of these suckers before the playoffs. It has flown by. I appreciate everyone listening. I'll run through the locks one more time to make sure I have these right. I have you locking Missouri in college, and then I have you locking the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Chiefs. Did I miss one in there? Did you only lock four? that sound right? No, that sounds good. Yeah, so you got the four. I locked Miami, the Titans, Seattle, San Francisco and the Chiefs. So, I mean, that, that, oh wait, you didn't lock like the that. Chiefs. Did I mess that up? I messed. I should have. You were somewhere else. Where? Uh, what were your that. locks? You know, honestly, I've already forgotten. You know, uh, 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 I actually I forgot what the first game we talked about. Oh, you uh, locked Tampa, is what it was. Tampa, yeah, Tampa. So Tampa, I had the Chiefs. That's uh. Those are our locks. Go with us, fade us, whatever, uh, whatever yeah, you prefer looks, to do. I mean, that looks like that. Look, that sounds like four and one to me. Like four and zero oh, or five and zero. Oh. I mean, we're we're back on the train this week. We had a bad week last week after a awesome week two weeks ago. So we're we're do, we have to make money this week. It's pretty much physics. It's it's a law. Yeah. So, I got to pay for all these Christmas cards that I'm sending out to all these listeners. Uh, I mean, you know, hopefully we have a good weekend. 
So we're going to help you pay the bills this holiday season, get you a little bit of extra cash. I appreciate everyone listening. If you like what you heard, go rate us and review us five stars. Say whatever you want in the comments. Uh, same time next week, dude. I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, man. As always, and uh, happy holidays and uh, stay safe out there. Yeah, check him out. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go get all of your holiday meat grilling needs done there. Best place in Mississippi to get meat. The next Friday is Christmas Day. I didn't even really think about that. We might have to do a little Christmas Eve recording. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, um, just let me know. We'll be ready. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll be ready. To, we're, we're always ready to bet on a game. I promise you that. Exactly. So listen to us instead of going to church next week. We'll have a Christmas yeah. Eve episode out for you. Just kidding. Don't yeah, do we'll, that. Maybe do both. We'll, pre- yeah, we'll preach you a sermon. Everybody have a safe and uh, happy weekend. We'll talk to you at some point next week before the holidays. I appreciate everyone listening, and we will catch you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.